like to talk a little bit about baseball and football. Starting with baseball, baseball is different from any other sport in a lot of different little ways. For instance, in most sports, you score points or you score goals. In baseball, you score runs. In most sports, the ball or the object is put in play by the offensive team. In baseball, the defense puts the ball in play, and only the defensive team is allowed to touch the ball. In fact, in baseball, if an offensive player touches the ball intentionally, he's out. Also, most sports, the team is run by a coach. In baseball, the team is run by a manager. And only in baseball does the manager or the coach have to wear the same uniform the players do. Can you picture Bill Parcells in his New York Giants uniform? Now, baseball and football are different from one another in other kind of interesting ways, I think. First of all, um, Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. <laughs> baseball is played on a diamond, in a park, the baseball park. Football is played on a gridiron in a stadium, sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. Baseball begins in the spring, the season of new life. Football begins in the fall when everything is dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? Are you up? I'm not up. He's up. In football, the specialist comes in to kick. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve someone. In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops. Football has hitting, clipping, spearing, blocking, piling on, late hitting, unnecessary roughness, and personal fouls. Baseball has the sacrifice. <laughs> Football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, sleet, snow, hail, mud. Can't read the numbers on the field, can't read the yard markers, can't read the players' numbers. The struggle will continue. In baseball, if it rains, we don't come out to play. <laughs> Baseball has a seventh-inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. <laughs> Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end. We might have extra innings. Football is rigidly timed, and it will end even if we have to go to sudden death. In baseball, during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not that much unpleasantness. In football, in the stands during the game, you can be sure that at least 27 times you were perfectly capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. Preferably a stranger. And finally, the objectives of the two games are totally different. 
In football, the object is for the quarterback, otherwise known as the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home. And to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. Safe at home. Giants looking for a stop. What the hell's going on out here? They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. R-E-L. Two and one, ladies and gentlemen. What a game in Lambeau Field. Uh, not quite the frozen tundra that everybody's used to uh, <laughs> on a normal Sunday, but uh, in, in a in a heat wave in Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers improved to two and one as they defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 27-24 in overtime. And uh, believe it or not, this is Aaron Rodgers' very first overtime victory. I didn't believe it either when I heard it, but it is true. Uh, welcome to Blue Cheese Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Mike, and join with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Titletown Ty. Ty, uh, how you doing today, man? Oh, it's good to be back after a win. Yeah, yeah, much more, uh, hopefully this is more uh, upbeat show than last week. It was a little bit, uh, a little bit <laughs> doom and gloom uh, well, for everybody last week. But, I think uh, we did pretty good being positive last week, though. I do too. I think there were a lot of positives to draw on uh, after a loss like that last week. And, you know, as uh, we talked about last week, as as this Bengals game started and they went up 21-7 going into the half, I was like, yeah. the laser effect in full effect. But, uh, you know, watching the game, I didn't get to see the game live, but going back and watching it... Um, I, it didn't feel like the Packers were being beaten. It just kind of seemed like they, you know, the Aaron Rodgers pick six and all that stuff. We'll, we'll get into it later on, but I think just an overall feeling on this game is I think this is a good win for the Packers. They didn't blow out the Bengals. Um, it, it's some These games, when, when you win in overtime by a field goal and big plays and the emotion and all that stuff, sometimes those games are more important to a team's psyche uh, and a team's momentum than than a blowout is. So yeah, no, I agree that wins like this help to um, that's what I'm looking for galvanize a team. Yeah, a little bit better. And you got to remember too. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. There are still so many injuries we're dealing with, especially at some very important positions, and were throughout this game. So for them, yeah, to and it was out, very. It was very apparent, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially it's a, a few It's a positions. gritty win. But we'll get into that here uh, here in just a little bit. 
Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get ready for the for the Bears game on Thursday night, which will probably be tonight for those of you listening when this drops yeah. on Thursday morning. Um, so you're going to have very little time. So it's going to th- this show is going to be old news very quickly. So when it comes out, you, you got to listen to it when it first drops. You, you got to be there. You got to be there first thing it's in the morning. Short weeks. You got to wake up. Yeah, you got to wake up early. You got to look it up on your uh, on your iTunes or on PackToTheFuture.com, and you got to hit that play button. And uh, we're going to get you all set for the uh, the tiebreaker between the Bears and the Packers. The Packers and oh, the Bears, yes, all time, all time record tie. Let me look for it real quick. I thought this was interesting. Ninety four, ninety four, and six. They're tied. Who's coming out on top? Who's taking the lead in this uh, the longest <laughs> the longest reigning rivalry in in sports history, really, uh, since 1932? But we'll get into that later on the show. Uh, plus, a lot more. We're we'll get into a little bit of the news, some more injuries uh, to take care of, some guys always. coming back from injuries. Yeah, always injuries. You can always count on that to be a portion of the show. Um, and of course, stat lines. How did we do this week? Uh, I shined last week. Ty shined the week before. This week, uh, it's a little bit more ugly. We may have to warm up that crystal ball this week. Uh, But before we get into any of that, let's go ahead and start off with our annual weekly NFC North Power Rankings. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll let you go first this week, Ty. Uh, There's a a little bit of a shakeup in my uh, Power Rankings this week, Uh, but I want to hear what you got first. So uh, what are your week three NFC North Power Rankings? Well, uh, this week I'm going to change it up and do two things a little bit differently. I'm going to start at the top. And at the top of my power rankings, I have the Green Bay Packers. That was a gutsy win against the Bengals. It was one they had to dig deep for, overcome several key injuries at home in heat like they're not used to playing in at home. Um, you know, I think they have a, I think they have a firmer hold on that top spot than a lot of people would want to believe right now. But I've got them right there at number one. I've actually got the Minnesota Vikings at number two right now. Hmm. That defense is, you know, it's it's a real defense. I think their running game is pretty strong. Xavier Rhodes, man, he's just good. I don't know what else I can say about him. He's just good. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> he He's good. <laughs> What was that? Billy Madison, when Eric played violin. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> uh, I've got Detroit. <clears throat> oh, well, I'm skipping one. I've actually got the Bears at number three right now. Huh. I think that was a really strong showing against Pittsburgh. Oddly enough, somehow they only completed two passes to wide receivers in that whole game. Pretty well everything went through the running backs. I still think that's a defense on the rise. And it's very much a very a very strong running team, and they use their running backs well. And I've got the Lions at number four by the skin of their teeth with them and the Bears. They put up a competitive game against the Falcons, but uh, I think that was three, three years worth of karma coming back to Golden Tate on that play at the end of the game, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> it was the right call, and Golden Tate can suck it, so... If anything, Golden Jeez. Tate puts the Lions at number four in my power rankings this week. The and Lions really pissed in your cereal this week. Jeez. Golden Tate pissed in my cereal. 
Well, he's on my fantasy team this year, so I'm, I'm not. I wasn't too <laughs> happy with that call. Uh, I ended up blowing my opponent out, but you know, it would have been nice to have a few extra points. I mean, it was an odd call, though. Things, you know? I didn't think yeah. there would be a 10 second runoff associated with that, but you learn something new. So, yeah, um, man, that's an interesting, real big shakeup in your power rankings for week three. Uh, mine are fairly the same. Uh, there's one shakeup. For me, I'll, since you started at the top, I'll start at the top. Uh, number one, I still have the Packers. I still think they're overall the best team with the best quarterback, the best coaches. Um, yeah. Great win against Cincinnati. One of those early season wins that you would expect. Those are the kind of those are the kind of losses that the Packers always seem to come out on the wrong side of. You know, oh, when, yeah. they, when they get off to a slow start and they just can't seem to rebound from that. I mean, it goes to show Aaron Rodgers. That was his first overtime victory. Not only his first overtime victory, but you know the first uh, his first victory over the Bengals uh, in his career. But yeah, it, it, when that when that game started, it's it felt like the the, the Colts game from last year, where oh, they God. would dig back a little bit, but the defense just wouldn't be able to hold up their end of the bargain. But uh, I, I'm encouraged with with a lot of what I saw in that game uh, with the injuries. I think once this team starts to get healthier as the season moves on, I think they're only going to get better. So I got the Packers at number one. At number two, I got the Detroit Lions. Uh, oh. Your basement team this week. I think Detroit showed a lot against, uh, uh, especially that defense. I thought their defense showed a lot against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Uh, they picked him off three times, one return for a touchdown. Um, uh, Matthew Stafford almost has yet another fourth-quarter comeback, but, you know, the ending of that game we just discussed a minute ago was a little little wacky. Um, I, I, still, I just think the Lions are a good team, and I think Matt Stafford is just a – He's one of those little cockroach quarterbacks that we've talked about, like Andrew Luck. He's the Jeff you know? Janis of the Lions. <laughs> he won't go away. He's the Jeff Janis of the Lions. What a compliment. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. Jeez, well, but. In in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, the, the man just won't go away. won't stay down. Uh, and neither will that team. So I got them at number two this week. I got the Vikings at number three. Uh, they put a hell of a beat down on the Buccaneers, but uh, – I, I don't know how to feel about the Bucks. I know you had them going to the playoffs this year. I don't. I don't. I'm not really really ready to buy into them yet. I'm not a Jameis Winston fan. I think he throws way too many interceptions. He's way too careless. Um, but the Vikings are a good team with Case Keenum. They beat. They beat down the Bucks like you wouldn't believe. Good running back. Good defense. Uh, I mean, it's really a it's really a coin flip between the Lions and the Vikings for me at this point. But at number four, I got the Bears. And I'm not going to call them the Basement Bears this week because they. They put up a hell of a performance against a really yeah, good Pittsburgh did. Steelers team, and and that's a really interesting stat. Only two completions to wide receivers in this game, which if you think about it, can you name two wide receivers on this team? I can name Kendall Wright because uh, he used to be on the Titans. Uh, that's about it. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> All their other receivers are either on IR or guys you've never heard of, and yeah. uh, they got they got two good running backs on that team, and Tariq Cohen and uh, Jordan Howard. Um, so that was an impressive victory. So they, yes, they're still at number four this week for me, but I'm not going to designate them uh, with the with the with the label of basement bears this week. Uh, they're they're they're, uh, they're clawing their way back in, no pun intended. And, well, uh, it, have, it's it's just important to note that these power rankings are tentative and change week to week. And my uh, lines at the bottom was quite biased, just for the karmic effects of the game. I can see it. I think we can all see that. Uh, yeah. 
But I mean, you. I mean, you raise good points. So I mean, it's hard. The NFC North is a is going to be a very tough division this oh, year. Oh yeah. Or, you know, it's, in um, years in years past, you'd ex- you've always expected the Packers to to either sweep them or maybe lose one. This is one where they could split. They could go three and three in the division this year uh, easily. You know, so yeah. they're they're going to put on their big boy pants. Even going against the Bears this Thursday or tonight, if you're listening to it on Thursday morning. Um, it, they're all going to be tough games. So these are very interchangeable at this point because I think all teams have, have good and, and and bad about them. So Yeah, there are no gimme games in this division anymore. This is not like the past you know, few years that we've seen really saved for last year. But pr- before last year, a lot of these games were just kind of gimme games for the Packers, and they were able to pretty well walk all over the division, and that's not so anymore. Yeah, yeah, they're going to make the Packers earn it this year. Um, so, and we talked about it before. The NFC North could be developing into the best division in football. Yeah, uh, you know, I can see that. The, there's always the talk of the NFC East, which you know that looks yeah. like a very good division. I mean, you got the Cowboys, you got the Redskins, who just laid laid the Raiders out. Oh my! I mean, God. they didn't even look competitive in that game. Who saw that coming? Nobody, um, except maybe yeah. Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which we'll we'll talk about Tony Romo. I, uh, three weeks in, I'm in love with Tony Romo. I'm I thought really I'd never say those it. words. Yeah, I, I it's like watching with a with a well educated fan on TV. Well, he's really you know? good, uh, and and he you know is. he loses track sometimes when he gets overexcited about a play. And I think that's what's sort of endearing about him calling games is like you said he it's like watching a game with a knowledgeable fan. Yeah. It would be like I us mean, watching he, a game together, things like that. It, he knows what he's talking about, and he gets excited. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and enthusiasm and an excitement to sell the product, that that's always big when it comes, especially for color commentators. You know, uh, even in, you know, as a wrestling fan, I've, I've always loved Vince McMahon as a commentator. Oh, yeah. He, Vince McMahon, he didn't know one move, couldn't he? It's just, what a maneuver, by God! Uh, one, two, you know, it's just, but his excitement like, got you listening excited. Listening to him call some of the old WrestleManias was so much fun. <laughs> and you didn't know, it was just always, what a maneuver, how about that, be that as it may. Just the same things, but his enthusiasm and excitement just sold it for you and got you into it. Um, and I think that's what Tony Romo does. Not only is he just a psychic and he calls things out, but uh, I don't know, he... He's just fun to listen to, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, aside First from time the fact life, that, like you Rumble said, fan. he could probably tell us what we're having for lunch for the next six months every day, but <laughs> and then get really excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's our that's our power rankings. Um, another fun fact for the games over the weekend in the Lions Falcons game, I saw every player that was active in that game that wore a single digit jersey number was named Matt. Six players in total. Six mats in a game together, all wearing single-digit jerseys. Let me name them. Can I name them? Let me think. Go for it. Let me think about their roster. Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Matt Bryant, Matt Prater, uh, and there's two more? Yeah. Um, single-digit jerseys. Uh, I know Matt the Schaub? Uh Not Matt Schaub. Schaub. Uh, Matt Bosher. Matt Bosher, yeah, the punter. Yeah. Okay. And and the, then the sixth one I can't remember. 
Who's the Falcons' backup quarterback? I thought they signed Matt Schaub again. Oh, uh, maybe it was Schaub. I, I can't remember, but it was just funny. Six mats in a game. Bet you can't <laughs> guess if they were all white or not. <laughs> Dude, that's true. There, I, I have, I've known in my life. I've known one black Matthew or Matt. I've actually never known a black Matt. So. And he was the whitest black dude you'd ever meet in your life. Well, there you have it. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's cool. But, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even think about yeah. that. That's pretty hilarious. Uh, um, some news. Oh, oh, it's not good news this week. There's a little not, bit of good news sprinkled in here, but for the most part, it's just more injury news. Yes. Not good news this week, folks. Not at all. <laughs> Long not snapper a, Brett Good who was signed back to the team uh, after probably that family night debacle where uh, Mason Crosby missed, like, yep. what, nine, a bunch of kicks in a row or something like that. Six. Packers signed him six kicks, which is unheard of for, for Crosby. But uh, they signed back Brett Good, uh, and then uh, he's been placed on IR after this week, and they uh, picked up long snapper Tabor Pepper. Uh, who was jockeying a register at his family's uh, consignment shop uh, the, n- <laughs> yeah. the night that the Packers played. Then he got a call and was like, hey, you're a, you're a Packer now. Uh, yeah, he, so- uh, he said he actually took the text, took the call, said you're going to be a Packer from Elliot Wolf, and he finished his shift. Got back <laughs> on the register, finished his shift, and then had to scramble to pack a bag and get on a plane to Green Bay. That's cool, and, and and another cool name. Yeah, Tabor Pepper. We another might have let Peppers name. walk, but we got Pepper. Yeah, we're down. We downgraded. We don't. We're not plural anymore. We just dropped we, the S. Yeah, we got one Pepper left. So, um, see then. Uh, so, oh how God. do you feel? Uh, <clears throat> do you feel like this is going to affect the kicking game at all? Like, um, no, I, I don't. That's think my so. big concern. From from what I've read. He uh, developed a pretty good rapport with Crosby because Crosby was present mm-hmm. during rookie orientation and whatnot, and he was actually the first one to be doing long snaps with uh, Justin Vogel. So they already have oh, a good yeah. rapport, and he actually is really good friends with Martellus Bennett, hung out with him a lot and worked out with him in many huh. camps and whatnot during OTAs. So there you have that. Well, that's good. Because that's yeah. what I was concerned about. When I saw Brett Good was going on IR, I was like, well, shit, there goes the kicking game again. Um, yeah, I think it'll be all right. I hope so. I hope so. Um, um, the other news, oh, more tackle yeah, news. Got? <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Murphy has been placed on injured reserve with a foot injury. He's on IR? He has been placed on IR as of today with a foot injury. Damn, I didn't even know that. I saw he was injured. I saw he was on the injury report with with the foot, but I didn't know he was on IR. IR. So that's him and IR undesignated foot injury. They have signed up Ulrich John. Sounds like his names are backwards, but they are not. His (laughs) name is Ulrich John, an offensive tackle whom the Packers have signed from the Cardinals practice squad. Yeah, dude. What do you know about him? That's that's a strange. Absolutely nothing. I know nothing either. I just saw the name and I was like, well, uh, I had to double take and look for the comma between his names and it wasn't there. So it's, that's just his name. I'm just, 
John Ulrich would be a cool name. That sounds yeah, like it would. A, that's a cool name, but and Ulrich, Ulrich John, John will take it. Sounds like some kind of Viking from Scandinavia. So I'll take that too. It sounds like a dirty bathroom. But you know what? We may not even have to worry about seeing Ulrich John because as per the injury report this week that was released today, the only did not participate listed was Devon House. Bakhtiari, Balaga, and Mike Daniels were all limited participants, which Mike McCarthy was clear in stating that that very much opens the door on the three of them playing on Thursday night or tonight, depending on when you're listening. Uh, I hope so, man. Bakhtiari yeah. is, is a big loss, and especially with Kyle Murphy going down, who didn't play particularly all that well, which, you know, with the foot injury, you know, yeah. that probably explains how poorly he played against the Bengals. But he, uh, you know, he played through it, so. on IR. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, shows toughness on his part. But uh, and, if we can uh, get Bakhtiari and Balaga back on that offensive line, that, that's going to be huge for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, and back and to that, full not participation. Not even to mention Mike Daniels. Oh yeah. Well, and back to full participation was uh, Jake Ryan, the senior, um, Ty Montgomery. <laughs> he did have a wrist injury, so you were correct in that. But he was a full participant. Quentin Dial has returned to full participation. Randall Cobb, full participant, and Kentrell Bryce, full participant, and the club has returned. Nick Perry showed up after having a two-day surgery on his hand with the club in full effect and was a full participant in practice. All right. It's time to go clubbing again, folks. Yes, sir. We're going to see him <laughs> pet the club again. We didn't have to wait until after the bye. <laughs> Let's go club some bears this week. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Uh, but that's good. I'm glad we're getting healthy again. I'm glad that we didn't drop this game against the Bengals. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, it, it sucked not having all these guys, but if we could get by without them and squeak out a win without a lot of these key contributors on this team uh, and survive the laser effect, um, you know, <laughs> that says a lot. That says a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, anything else left in the news before we uh, oh, that's, really, that's really dig it. into this that game? That covers the news. All right. All the young dudes. I may start sl- splicing that song in before the news. I don't know. That Carry could be fun. The news. All right. Uh, let's get into the game. Packers 27, Bengals 24. Overtime victory on the arm of Aaron Rodgers. The hands of Geronimo Allison. And just the total badassery of Josh Jones. What a debut for Josh Jones oh, in real meaningful action. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But of course, first. Unfortunately, we got to go over these stat lines. Uh, nothing to brag about this week. <laughs> nothing to brag about this week. Um, I'll go first. I'll get. I'll get my cardio. Although I, I feel. I feel like I did okay with Blake Martinez, but um, Ty Montgomery went to the well for the third time in a row. Didn't pay off. Uh, I hit it right on the head last week, and I felt like you know, like I think I told you this maybe off the air before we got into it. I can't remember if we were talking about it on the air, but um, after that first carry, I felt like Ty Montgomery uh, had, may have injured that wrist that we, we, we just we just talked about, and he just yeah. didn't seem right the rest of the game. Uh, I predicted a big game for Ty Montgomery. 135 yards, all-purpose, one rushing touchdown. Finished the game with only 50 yards, all-purpose, no touchdowns. So a uh, little, little come, to, come back down to earth 
moment for Ty Montgomery this week. Uh, hopefully he bounces back against the Bears and has another big game against them like he did last year. Uh, that would be real exciting to see. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so I missed on that one. Big whiff. Um, then I had Aaron Rodgers with a, uh, I wouldn't say a pedestrian day, but, uh, but uh, you know, a, 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 a human day, I guess we'll just say. There you that. go. 20, 24 of 35, 266, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, actually performed a little bit better uh, than I expected. I mean, I, stat-wise, uh, I think, Really, when you look at this game overall, he just kind of put the the team on his shoulders in this game and kind of led the charge. But uh, he finished the day with 28 of 42, 313 yards, three touchdowns, and, of course, the pick six that he threw to William Jackson uh, in the second quarter. So uh, not too far off there, um, but not, not, not quite a winner on that stat line for me. But the one I do feel pretty good about, Blake Martinez, I predicted 10 total tackles, two for a loss, he finished the game with 11 total tackles and uh, one for a loss. And I thought Blake Martinez played a great game. Uh, in oh, this yeah, one. he especially, played really well. Yeah, especially against the run. Uh, I was in, super impressed with Martinez. Um, so I guess that's the one I will take half a point on. Uh, just, you know, I was off a tackle here, a tackle there, but that's the one I feel good about I mean, this one, week. one total tackle off, I mean, that's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Um I think I spoiled myself last week when I hit it on the right on the head. I expect <laughs> to do that every week now, but come on, folks. We're human. You know, we're human. We're not Romo. Um, but then, Ty, let's move on to your stat lines. You were actually a little closer. Yeah. A little closer. One of mine was a, a scratch. <laughs> yeah, you get a DNP for Randall Cobb. He did not play in this game, so we're not going to count that one against you. They, that's just, you know, the crystal ball can only, and, and the DeLorean can only do so much. Um but Aaron Rodgers, you got pretty pretty damn close on Aaron Rodgers. You predicted 29 out of 40, 303 yards, two touchdowns. He finished the game 28 out of 42. That's pretty pretty damn close. Pretty close. Ten yards off on the yardage, 313. Uh, three touchdowns, one pick. So uh, if you take the one interception and knock it off the touchdown, knock off one of the touchdowns, yeah, you were pretty uh, spot on there. You know, if you average right it there. out. Yeah, if you average it out. Um, so, so not bad there for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then your final stat line, you had Kevin King with a big breakout game. Uh, our one rookie did have a big breakout game. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite Kevin King. He had a good game. Um, I thought he held up pretty well against A.J. Green. You predicted yeah. three tackles, two passes defensed, and one interception against A.J. Green. You went on a limb there. I respect you for that. You get some points for that one. Um, but he finished with seven total tackles, uh, zero passes defensed. Um, not a bad day for Kevin King when you when you watch the tape, watch the game. I thought yeah, he held I up mean, well against. AJ lining Green. up as the starter for the first time, a little bumpy against one of the league's top receivers. But you know he he held up when it really mattered. Felt like he made uh, made his plays when it mattered the most. Yeah, AJ Green he still piled up some yards and. Oftentimes with a, a receiver like that, he's going to. But I'll take it on the day. Well, who was the who was the analyst who predicted AJ Green would go for like 200 yards against the Packers this game? Oh, I was trying to keep that in my mind too, and I, I can't remember. Yeah, so I I can't remember who it was, but uh, Kevin King didn't give up 200 yards to AJ Green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's a positive. It. 
Yeah, so uh, take that, you, you brilliant analyst. Um, but uh, let's get into the game. Uh, not a bad week in stat lines. It, not too terrible. I think we both had... You we had, came back to earth. Yeah, you had a you had a you had a fairly good Aaron Rodgers stat line. I had a fairly good Blake Martinez stat line. So that counts for something, folks. That counts for something. We'll call it a we'll, split. Uh, yeah, we'll redeem ourselves in the, uh, when we get to the Bears game later on. Yeah. Uh, but let's stick to this uh, this Bengals Packers game. What a game it was uh, in Lambeau. Not only was it in Lambeau, it was a heat wave in Lambeau. Yeah. I think, what was it? One of the hottest, hottest game on record. Yeah, hottest game on record for the Packers. And, um, you know, started out rough. Bengals go right down the field, score the touchdown, A.J. Green. Looked like the laser effect was in full effect at that point. What were you thinking when the Bengals were up 21-7 to going into the half? All, Did, all I thought was I was going to hear about the laser effect. Like, <laughs> we're going to lose this game, and all I'm going to hear about is the damn laser effect for the whole show. <laughs> well, um... I'll take partial credit. No, I'll I did give call. you partial credit. Give me partial credit because I feel like the first half, the Bengals executed very well uh, offensively. They, did. they didn't look like the, the Bengals of the first two weeks. And I think that a lot of that was due to the fact that we had no tape, no film on Bill Lazor and what he wants to do as an offensive coordinator. And uh, I think uh, halftime adjustments for Dom Capers were, were a big big part of uh, the Packers yeah, them to three points in the second let's half. Let's give Coach Capers some credit for that because yes, the defense played much better in the second half and people often don't want to credit Dom Capers for anything when anything good happens but I'm ready to. They made the adjustments at halftime especially on defense and looked a whole lot better. Yeah, everybody is so quick to to place the blame on Dom Capers when something doesn't go yeah. right. Everybody wants to fire him every week for <clears throat> one reason or another. But uh, this game is a perfect example of Capers, you know, seeing what worked against his defense in the first half, making adjustments in halftime, and then coming out and giving up three points. And, and, and you know, you can say, you know, Aaron Rodgers got the win in overtime, but, you know, the defense held up their end of the bargain in that second half to give Aaron Rodgers in this offense a chance to come back and, and win it in overtime. Um, yeah, I mean, and and that's what's lost Aaron Rodgers a lot of overtimes is the defense not doing their part. Exactly. Well, they did this time. Yeah, and doing talking about doing their part, we touched on it a second ago. What a coming out party for Josh Jones. Coming up oh huge. Oh, my God. 12 and tackles, 11 solo tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss. This is a safety, folks. Yeah, he's I, a I safety, was... and he was doing exactly what I've been pushing for since the You're season right. started. He needed to play that inside linebacker spot. There's more margin for error, and his athletic ability at that spot is insane. Yeah, and you gave me a little credit for the for the laser effect last week, and and you mentioned it last week how you wanted to see Josh Jones play a little bit more in the box, play the Morgan Burnett spot, and uh, they did this week, and he looked fantastic. Oh uh, yeah, in what he was doing. So I'm giving you credit this week for calling that one. That was a good call right there. But uh, man, I, he was a game wrecker. He was, and that's. It was. I think and, it was like there was oh one God. series. I think it was one series where he had, he made 
two or three plays in a row. I think one was a tackle for a loss, and then on the next play was a sack of Andy Dalton, and it was just Tony Romo called, or yeah, Romo called it. He said, you know, uh, Andy Dalton's going to be facing pressure right here at the top of your screen, and he doesn't see it. He's coming for the sack, and boom, <laughs> here comes Josh Jones shooting out of a cannon around the edge for the sack that Andy Dalton never saw coming. Yeah, yeah, I, I've just. You know, from what we saw, as high as we were on Kevin King's performance uh, against the Falcons and uh, him coming out and pretty much getting the start this week, it uh, looks like we got two really good players in the second round with Josh yeah. Jones and Kevin King. And uh, do you feel like we're going to see more Josh Jones going forward? Is he going to earn as this game? Oh, yeah. Like, like King's performance last week, does this game earn Josh Jones more playing time? On I think defense? he has to. I don't think they have any more any choice. Even if Kentrell Bryce comes back this week, I still think Josh Jones has to be your primary guy at that inside linebacker spot in the Nitro. And and Morgan Burnett has been very good there. I'm not taking anything away from Morgan Burnett or trying to say that he's not suited to that role, but Jones is bigger, Jones is faster, and, I mean, he just fits that spot very very well and Morgan Burnett good god he's a good slot corner too so there you have that they played four safeties (laughs) in the nitro with Marwin Evans back at the deep uh, strong safety spot yeah notice that yeah the thing about Josh Jones that impresses me so much I think this guy is is a superstar waiting to happen oh yeah he looks like the intensity that he plays with and the the veracity that he plays with, he he looks like the secondary's version of Clay Matthews. Well, and Blake uh, Martinez seemed to elevate his game next to Jones. Yeah, yeah, I think this whole defense really benefited uh, with not just playing with Josh Jones, but I think they all stepped up their game this weekend when Mike Daniels comes back. Uh, yeah, you know, I think this defense is set up to do some pretty nice things uh, going well, the forward. Thing, the thing is, is Kevin King and Josh Jones immediately add more speed and athleticism to this defense just being on the field. Yeah. They're two of the faster players on the defense. Josh Jones is the fastest player on the defense at this point, and he's explosive. He hits hard. He gets in the backfield. And, you know, we talked about the defense making the plays when it counts in overtime. Uh, The Bengals got the ball first. And here comes Blake Martinez. Tackle for loss. First play. Mm-hmm. Sets the tone immediately. They go for second down, get up to third down. Here comes Josh Jones. Tackle for loss on third down. Forces the punt. Puts the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Say, here you go. Win an overtime. Prove the pundits yeah. wrong that say you can't win an overtime. Well, he certainly did that. Oh, and yeah. That. Good God, he did that. <laughs> <laughs> were you impressed? Um, were you impressed with the, with the defense's ability to? They didn't. They didn't give up any huge runs. The running game wasn't because the Bengals I was ran the ball. With that lacking Mike Daniels. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Without Mike Daniels, were how were, were you? Was it? I'm trying to. I'm on the fence. Was it the Packers' run defense without Mike Daniels that stepped up, or was it the lackluster Bengals' offensive line? that I mean, really helped over maybe a combination yeah, of both. I, I think so, but you know, you have a long run from Joe Mixon of twenty yards, a long run from Giovanni Bernard for twenty five. Um 
you know, on the Giovanni Bernard's touchdown run, that was one of those rookie mistakes because Josh Jones passed him off when he was supposed mm-hmm. to be in man coverage and there was nobody there to take him down. But that's that's a rookie. You're not going to see those mistakes happen later in the year. That's why I've been so hot on getting these guys early season playing time. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, I'll take save, I'll take save for two big runs. Yeah, I'll take some. I'll take a few splash plays in the run game every now and then. That that, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when a team can line up and run the ball for five yards, six yards, oh, yeah. seven yards, four yards, and they weren't yeah. able to do that. They weren't able to do that. It was a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of one-yard gains. Yeah, once or twice they broke off a big one, but it's going to happen when you got a backfield with three legitimately good running backs and Bernard oh, yeah. Hill and, of course, the rookie Joe Mixon, who got a lot of playing time. I'm surprised. He pretty much sewn up that starting running back spot. Well, and Joe Mixon's a good dude. Like, he's he's a big dude is what I meant to say. He's, <laughs> I don't know if he's a good dude or not. Uh you know, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> He's a good big back. Okay, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. That's the fun that that's a sound bite right there. Joe Mixon is a good dude. He might be. I don't know. <laughs> he might be, but oh man. Just with the trouble that he was in and in college and whatnot. That's 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 hilarious. That, that's uh, almost a it. weird Freudian slip. But okay, continue. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm well, and you know, we wanted here. the team to draft him, so there's that. It still hangs in my mind. Yes, that's true. That's but true. But he's he's a big back. You know, he he's right around what like two thirty in actuality, but he plays like a much smaller back. He's got more speed. He's shifty. I mean, it's not like they're just got a bunch of chumps in the backfield, and. uh Trying no. to get myself and back I'm, on I'm track a, here. I am too, man. I, I'm tickled. I'm shickled titless right now. That may be the name of this. They may that may be the name of the show this week. Joe, Joe Mixon is a good, good dude. dude. <laughs> okay. Well, you know who else is a, a good dude? Geronimo who? Allison. Good, good transition. Good transition. Uh, Geronimo Allison, man. After a struggling, struggling performance against the Falcons last week, he comes back and makes huge plays uh, with the absence of uh, Randall Cobb. Um, Allison steps up big, six receptions, 122 yards, makes the big catch to get his team in position to win the football game. I am just – I'm very impressed with Geronimo Allison. Man, and, what and on he's that 72-yarder, he left some guys in the dirt. Whoever that corner was that was trying to guard him up at first, boom. In the dirt. Pac-Man Jones trying to face him up. Put a move on him this way. Put a move on him the other direction. Left him in the dirt. Broke his ankles. Yeah. And that's oh, it. I that didn't seem nasty. like that's what we saw of Allison. Like, he, like we, we talked about Allison working in the offseason uh, to up his game a little bit. He didn't want to just yeah. be a, you know, a possession receiver. He wanted to get those yards after the catch. It's looking very apparent. Right now, oh, that, that's what time. he's that's what he's aimed to do. Because, uh, you know, if he's as the number four wide receiver, I think uh, here, here's a tough question, and it's one I was thinking about earlier when I was watching the game and just seeing Allison's progression. And it, uh, with him in another year of this system, if Devontae Adams happens to walk in free agency and we don't re-sign Devontae Adams, do you feel like Allison is a a suitable replacement 
Could he step up on, into that role? On the boundary? Yeah. I think so. He's trained at every receiver position. If he continues to develop at the rate that he's developing with his size and the fact that you know he's got decent speed, he's not a burner, but when you look at it, the only burner we have on this team that's a decent wide receiver maybe is Trevor Davis. Yeah. Nobody outside of Davis and Jeff Janis when you need to throw a Hail Mary has <laughs> deep speed on this team. Yeah, Jordy saw, Nelson saw, does not have deep speed anymore. Yeah, he Nelson did have two touchdowns though. I feel like I feel like oh, we're yeah. sleeping on on Nelson a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying I to think, sleep on him. I'm just you know he's Jordy Nelson is going to be, I think, a more effective red zone target than a lot of people will credit him for because he's such a good route runner. Yeah. But as far as him being a deep threat anymore, he had six receptions for 52 yards and the two touchdowns with a long of 23. Not bad stats, but he's no longer a number one guy on the boundary. He just doesn't have that that step anymore, which is fine because he's such a phenomenal route runner. Yeah. I mean, he produces every week, though. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I was thinking about that watching the game and, and – and just looking at his stats and just seeing that he just he just catches touchdowns. He makes things happen. Yeah, I don't I don't account for his yardage anymore. I I think we're at the point in his game where you don't look at the yardage, you look at how many catches and his touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel like Nelson still entrenched as the number one go-to receiver on this team. Well, he I think, is. I feel like some people are just looking past him a little bit at this point. No, I'm not uh, willing to do that. Good. I'm not willing yeah. to look at him as an afterthought because he is still Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. Yeah. He definitely Some, is. Someone who I think we did look past, and I'm not going to look past anymore, is Lance Kendricks. That yeah, dude may Lance. be the actual deep threat at tight end on this team. Yeah, and that, and that, that opens up a, a, a... You know, I got my positives my negatives here. My One of my big negatives was Martellus Bennett just disappeared. After Huge that, drop on third down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is kind of the first week that we've really seen Lance Kendricks out on the field doing what he does. Is that a sign that maybe this, this coaching staff is uh, maybe putting a little bit more of uh, the workload on Lance Kendricks and a little less on Martellus Bennett? Because Bennett had, what, three catches for 15 yards? or Three for 12. Three for 12. Uh, yeah. for Bennett this week. So are we seeing a shift in the tight ends after Bennett's poor um, performance last week and another poor performance this week? I think they have to try to go to Kendricks a little bit more. I think they have to be willing, especially if they're going to run these two tight end sets, because, and granted, what's being overlooked in this whole equation is Martellus Bennett is being asked to stay back in pass protection a lot more often than anybody expected with the injuries at tackle. That's true too. That That's a good point. I was just about, cause it just dawned on me when you said the two, when you brought up the two tight end set, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense that Kendrick should be worked in a little bit more into this game plan this week. And Bennett's game might, did, might be a little less this week. Cause you're going to have those tight ends helping I mean, out. He those, is the superior those blocker. Yeah, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense too. That that may that may explain the the odd week at tight end that we had with Bennett's production going way down and Kendrick's yeah. production going way up. But. Well, I mean, he Bennett did have the big drop. <laughs> yeah. In the fourth quarter on third down, that's uncharacteristic for him. I've never heard of him having 
any issues with drops and with his other teams in his 10-year career. But, I mean, sometimes guys just get a case of the dropsies for a few weeks and then they get out of their funk and get back to it. It happens. It happens all the time across the league to everybody at some point. Well, I thought about this um, earlier watching. After I saw that drop, I was like, man, Bennett's been dropping a lot of balls lately. And I was thinking, you know, you go back to – Jermichael Finley uh, and his problems with drops. Um, even Jared Cook uh, at times last year, he had his issues with drops. Do you think it's the tight ends, or do you think it's tight ends struggling to catch a ball being thrown by Aaron Rodgers? And that's maybe, possible. And maybe that's why the Packers and Aaron Rodgers love Richard Rodgers so much is because Richard Rodgers has good has hands, sure and, hands. Will, yeah. and can catch those balls. Well, I think the only other quarterback that Bennett's played with that you could say has arm strength, you know, on that same level as Aaron Rodgers is probably Jay Cutler. Yeah, because you know, because Brady kind of has Cutler that. Is, I mean, Brady has that a little bit more of a touch pass on him. Yeah, uh, he's uh, his passes tend to kind of drop over a shoulder. Yeah, a little more than being just slung right into the numbers. Yeah. But I, I think maybe there's an adjustment period still kind of working itself out here. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very possible. I mean they're just you know, although he you know I think he'll be fine. I think like you said, give him <laughs> give. There isn't always an adjustment period. He's he's signed to a three year contract. It's not like he's yeah do or die this year. And uh, <clears throat> you know sometimes it takes a, a player to, uh, some time to adjust to a new team, a new system, a new quarterback. Uh, when it comes to a tight end. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But <clears throat> great performance from Lance Kendrick. First touchdown as a Packer. Um, what a touchdown it was, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff all around by the tight ends. But uh, only other positives I got, Ahmad Brooks, speaking of first first, uh, first as a Packer, Ahmad Brooks got his first sack as a Packer. Yeah. Wasn't that Come the sack strong. that <clears> – <throat> Yeah, wasn't that the sack that uh, uh, drove the Bengals back and made it a longer field goal attempt that they missed in the second yes. half. Was was that his sack? Yes, that was so. his sack. <clears throat> so, big, big, uh, big play there for Ahmad Brooks. Welcome <laughs> to the to the Packers. Officially, that was your, yeah, that was your official welcome as a Packer. And uh, before we get on to some of the negatives of this game, um, the last positive, of course, Aaron Rodgers' first overtime win. First win over the Bengals. Rodgers has now beaten every team in the NFL other than the Packers. It's, it's a tough question to ponder. It's a tough thing to think about. But do you believe that Aaron Rodgers will ever defeat the Packers in a game and, and complete no. the sweep? Do you think he'll retire as a Packer? I think Aaron Rodgers, when it's his time, he will know it's his time. I don't think we'll see a Brett Favre situation with Aaron Rodgers or anything you know, like a a Montana type situation or any anything like that. I think Aaron Rodgers will actually retire a Packer. That's his stated goal. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he'll know when it's time to hang it up. And until he decides that, I think the team will do everything that they could ever possibly do to make sure that he stays a Packer and retires and stays retired when he, when he's done. Yeah. I've always said that. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that, Will you know, especially after the ESPN article that came out 
uh, I guess about a month ago or whatever it was. I think he's the kind of guy that won't hang on too long. I think he's the kind of yeah. guy that can move on to other things, other ventures in his life. He has other interests, other things he wants to do. Yeah, I, I don't and, really uh, see him being involved with football after he retires either. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I think he'll still be around. He'll still do things, but I think there's also... Um, I just feel like he's the kind of guy that wants to try out other things. But I think he yeah. loves playing football. He's going to play football um, for you know a number of years to come. Um, so I don't I don't know. Um, it just depends. Uh, you, you never know. I never thought I'd see Brett Favre in a, in a Jets jersey or a Vikings yeah. jersey. You know. So well, and I just I think Brett Favre will remain one of the very few that have beaten every single team. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. I think Aaron Rodgers, um, my guess is he'll retire as a Packer. I I don't think Tom Brady will ever be in a situation where he has to defeat the Patriots. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see that happening either. Uh, I I think that's a safe bet. Um, You know, I guess now I was thinking about this the other day. If Aaron Rodgers plays another you know, another five, six years and averages, you know, at least 30 touchdowns each year, um, he'll be over that, that 420 mark. Uh, do yeah, you think he he'll... actually passed John Elway, I believe, wasn't it, in this game? On yeah, On the all-time yeah. touchdowns mark. Yeah. So it looks like he's – once he's ready to retire, if he plays another five or six years, uh, he'll be in that top three or four all-time because um, Brady won't stop playing and – you know, <laughs> he's still racking up touchdowns. So yeah, although man, those they looked very human for a lot of that game against the Texans. That, Deshaun did, Watson is they, the uh, I think he's the real deal down there. Well, the Patriots—they're just not playing defense right now. No, which is, and I mean, you look at and, the players that they got. I think Dante Hightower's hurt. Um, yeah. Is not there's not a lot of there's not a lot of players on that defense right now. And you know, it's not like no. Belichick's always had great defenses. Yeah, he won some Super Bowls with some great defenses back in the the two thousands, but you know, there have been plenty of times over the past five or six years where the the defense is, you know, the real weakness on that team. Yeah. Um so that could be another one of those years for the Patriots. But you know, we'll get back to our game. Um those are mostly the. Do you got any other positives you wanted to bring up coming out of this uh, um, coming out of this game? <clears throat> you know, I would talk about Kyle Murphy. You know, holding up as best as he could, better than you would really expect him to hold up for the most part. But you know, he's on injured reserve now, so that kind of goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, I, the offensive line struggled. They gave up six sacks on yeah. Aaron Rodgers. They made the rookie Carl Lawson look like uh, Von Miller. You know. Well, and even even if you take away the two, air quotes, sacks where Rodgers scrambled and got back to the line of scrimmage, that's still four. And mm-hmm. minus those two sacks, that's still 11 through the first three weeks. That can't continue. Yeah. I think they'll be fine once Bakhtiari gets back. Yeah. And offensive line gets back together. But, you know, you had Kyle Murphy playing left tackle, and that's just it's not something you want. Um so that was one of my big negatives. The offensive line really struggled, especially in that first half. Uh, you know, it, 
it made this Bengals defense look way better than they are, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it's like Lane Taylor even exited for a few plays in this game. Justin McCray came in and played 25 snaps. Yeah, which is – that's not what you want. But um, – um, yeah, even Balaga, even Balaga re-injured his ankle and had to leave the game for a little bit there. So they're they're definitely still a mash unit. Hopefully, they'll be uh, getting back into shape as of the Bears game. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because uh, the Bears front's pretty good. They they got a pretty good front seven. We'll get to that here shortly. Uh, the only other real negative that I had we talked we touched on Martellus Bennett. Uh, we touched on the defensive struggles uh, in the first half. Of course, the pick six Aaron Rodgers threw, yeah. which, you know, it is what it that is. That was a hell of a play uh, by the corner to yeah, jump that route, I mean, though. That's You don't see that very often from I think that's the, only the second pick six in Aaron Rodgers' career, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's actually stood. Yeah, so. um, You know, I know we're touching on the negatives. The only other positive I almost forgot about in this game is – um, Demarius Randall quietly had himself a decent game and didn't just get shredded or anything like that. So well, he was wasn't no, playing like, the outside. They weren't having him uh, yeah. cover guy. He was playing more of – he was tackling more than anything, it looked like to me. He was having a great game when it came to, to tackling guys. Yeah. Making plays. But I think he's just – Randall's just a safety. He's a slot corner at best, a safety, uh, you know – naturally I don't I don't know that's just... <laughs> I, I do feel like though and and AJ Green's touchdown it's important to note came in zone coverage with Kevin King passing off AJ Green to other defenders as what you know calls for in the zone often mm-hmm. I think this team if they're gonna have King on the boundary and especially when Devon House comes back Press man is going to be something this defense is going to have to try to stick with. Yeah, I think that's especially with House because House thrives in, in in press, and I think Kevin King, you know, yeah, he'll get beat every now and then. He's a rookie; it's going to happen. But but he you know, has the speed to recover. Yeah, and and you can you can develop King into a. I mean, he's built to play press man. I mean, you you yeah. can develop that as the season goes on. Uh, but yeah, I saw that, and that when <laughs> when Green caught that touchdown, I was looking. I was like, "Who is covering him?" I was like, "Why the fuck is Marwin Evans covering AJ Green?" <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the zone. Yeah, and, and I had to go. I went back watched the replay or whatever, and I realized, oh, he just it was just zone coverage. I was like, I know why didn't the why in the world would you have Marwin Evans covering AJ Green? But but yeah, well, I and then that. you know the training camp mighty have fallen. Quentin Rollins played a paltry seven snaps in this game. Only because Marwin Evans left with cramps and Morgan Burnett had to run back to the strong safety spot from the slot. Josh Hawkins played two more snaps in this game than Quentin Rollins did. Man. Just to give Randall a breather. It seems more and more each week like a wasted, another wasted early round pick for Ted Thompson yeah. on Quentin Rollins. But um, my, my only other negative I had, we touched on it, uh, a little bit earlier, Ty Montgomery uh, looked pretty ineffective for the first time this year. Um, like I, I just, said, I wonder how much of it had to do with his wrist injury because, like I said, after that first carry, it looked like he was 
He didn't look quite the same the rest of the game. That first carry he took, it looked like a Ty Montgomery strong run. I mean, but he's a, he, at, you, you touched on it earlier too. He's hasn't had much help in the backfield either. He's been pretty much the guy uh, on every down. And the the so. O-line has not helped either with all the injuries. So yeah, that too. I think it's still too early for anybody to start getting too hard on Montgomery. The line's been banged up and – you know he's not Marshawn Lynch. That he's not going to be Marshawn Lynch made everything happen behind a god awful Seattle on for so so long, mm-hmm. and you know like you just touched on, they've got to start trying to get the other three rookies a little more involved. You kept them all on the roster. You got to start trying to see if they can be effective in a real game situation. And I understand, like I know it's hard to do because. You know, Montgomery has looked so good early on in this year. I love the yeah. way he runs. He runs like a running back. You know, he's power. He he won't go down easily. Not only that, but he he's a natural catcher of the football coming out of the backfield. He almost made a uh, a wide receiver like touchdown in the back of the end zone um, yeah. in this game. So he can do everything. Um, so I know it's hard to bring him out and bring a guy like you know they're they're trying to work Jamal out and Jamal Williams in. Uh, to the game well, plan each week. you got to think about blitz pickup, too. Yeah. Montgomery's the best at blitz pickup at this point because of the experience. Jamal Williams is probably, the out of the three rookies, the most polished in blitz pickup. And with the trouble on the offensive line, it's hard to try to thrust in one of the other two rookies in there that don't have that much polish when it comes to blitz pickup. Yeah. Um, so I understand why they're, didn't, why they're you know, kind of – running him into the ground at this point. Yeah. But, uh, I think he'll be fine, though. I, I, I really, oh, I think he'll be all right. A down game this week, and maybe it's my bias because he gave me my first ever perfect stat line last week, but <laughs> I'm, st- I'm a big-time <laughs> Montgomery fan going forward. Um, but that pretty much wraps up everything on this game uh, with the Bengals, the laser effect uh, seemed to be the start of it, but the Packers adjusted – Made some adjustments. Aaron Rodgers with the first overtime win of his career, and he also beats the Bengals for the first time in his career. Big game in week three. Uh, big confidence booster. It's one of those games when you're playing in Madden and you get the 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 bonus in your confidence boost as a team when you, you have go. the comeback overtime victory. Uh, that's what this one was. And we move on to the Bears. Tonight, oh, we we got to do first words still. Oh yeah, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Calm down, homie. (laughs) First words still coming. Um, but yeah, we got the Bears next Thursday night football. Uh, we beat them. We're three and one with a a little mini bye week. So uh, hopefully we can get all healthy and get ready for that too. But we're getting to first word now. Uh, every week, for those of you first listeners, uh, first time listeners, every week after a game, we uh, we play a little. Uh, well, it's a little segment of the show we like to call first word, which is pretty much the final word uh, on, on a certain topic or player uh, or whatever from uh, from the previous week. And I don't know what uh, Ty's subject or player will be. Ty doesn't know what my subject or player will be, but uh, we'll give each other the subject or the player and. Um, uh, we'll just give them give out the first word that comes to mind when we when we think of that that uh that player's performance or that situation or whatever it was in the, in the game uh, the prior week. I hope I explained that 
fairly well, but uh, we'll, it was good. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, Ty, you go first this week because I got two that uh, two possible uh, players that I want your oh, first word on. But I want to see if uh, if you get there before I do. So I got, I got a backup just in case. All right. Well, uh, you know we we talked a good bit about him covering the the game and his possible future. So I would like to get your first word on Geronimo Allison. Donald Driver. Oh, I like it. I said that. Hyphenated. Yeah. In quotes, Donald Driver. There we go. I guess it's a, it's a name. Just say we'll Driver. That. Driver. There the you Donald. Go. The Donald. Um, that's a lot of high. That's a lot. Of, I know that's a lot of praise and, and hype to put on yeah. a guy, an undrafted wide receiver, but uh, I just, I like him. I like what I see from him. I think another, as he continues to progress and gets better we see the progression from from year one to year two already um i just think this is a guy that could just be one of those where driver was a seventh round steal uh allison undrafted free agent rookie um i feel like i just i just have the feeling this is going to be one of those guys that's going to be around on this team for for years to come and he's he's going to be one of those uh, uh one of those folk heroes um you know, not just because of the name Geronimo, of course, which is an awesome great name, name. <laughs> which is a folk hero name to begin with. Uh, but I just feel like he's just going to be one of those uh, great stories that the Packers uh, always seem to find with guys like you know uh, Donald Driver, John Coon. Um, I don't know, see. That's just one of those guys that comes to mind. Uh, is we're going to be uh, we're going to be yelling the name Geronimo for years to come, the way we did with Donald Driver for those years. So uh, my first word on Geronimo Allison, Driver. Reminds me of Donald Driver. Love it, and I don't know. Maybe that's a little. Maybe that's a little too much, too soon for for the guy. But I don't know. I, I'm pretty high. It didn't look like it on Sunday. So yeah, exactly. Came through huge. Uh, all right. So my subject, my topic, my player for you this week. Uh, I want your first word that comes to mind when I say the name Josh Jones. Star, as in superstar. Yeah, I would have said superstar. <laughs> I, I just I went with the first thing in my mind, but yeah, I mean, I think I think this kid, with the physical tools he has to be, as you like to call Clay Matthews, other players like him, a game wrecker. I think Josh Jones has that ability. I know it's only one game, but I feel like. Even though we saw a little bit of Josh Jones against Atlanta as a safety, I think this is where he'll shine, and it's in the box. And I think players like Jones are the future of the NFL. Players like Josh Jones and Sua Cravens and uh, the the youngster on the Falcons, uh, Keanu Neal. Yeah. I think guys like this are the future of the NFL defense. That is going to become a new premier position. This hybrid safety linebacker who's big enough to play in the box and fast enough to play on the back end. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I what I saw on Sunday, I saw a a guy who could develop into, I mean, he, even in his rookie year, if he continues playing the way he played, he he'll be a pro bowler in no time. He'll be yeah, he'll be a key marquee name on this defense. Uh, and something this defense is missing right now that he could bring to the table is interceptions. Yeah, that's he, something he I want to He played really up. good ball skills in college, and he could really bring 
more opportunities for interceptions to the table. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. I totally slipped my mind, but through three weeks, the Packers have had no interceptions. I don't, no. even, I don't even know if they have. They had it's any, odd. Yeah, have they? I can't. Yeah, no interceptions. I know they've played Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, and um, Andy Dalton, which you know you would maybe expect one from Andy Dalton, but uh, Dalton you know. doesn't throw a ton of interceptions though. When he's had his good years. He's been pretty secure with the ball. Well, they also and, ran you know, the ball a lot. In the laser game. effect. So yeah, they also ran the ball a whole lot too. So yeah, they did. So they they protected Andy Dalton more than anything in this game. But uh, I thought that was a little odd. I think they're they're due uh, possibly coming up tonight against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Mike Glennon Fingers crossed. <laughs> Mike Glennon's uh, known to throw a few interceptions here or there. Huh. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, that was first word to uh, summarize Packers and the Bengals. Uh, We're going to take a quick break for our fake sponsor ad, our weekly fake sponsor ad. But when we come back, we're going to get into the preview of tonight's showdown on Thursday Night Football. The Bears and the Packers, the tiebreaker, the oldest rivalry in football. Who's coming out on top? We'll be right back after a word from our fake sponsors and Piper, apparently. So... (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Clay Matthews, NFL megastar. And when I'm not busy destroying offenses, I'm fixing actual fences. That's right. I'm also the most trusted handyman in the greater Green Bay metro area. With a little elbow grease and some Clay Matthews fatheads, we can tackle all of your home repair problems. Got a hole in your wall? Hey, probably just plaster it up, right? No, you're wrong. Throw up a real big fathead and move on with your life. Maybe you got a small hole. Anything could be living in there. Seal it up forever with a fathead junior. Tired of that unsightly old countertop? No, I... That's an easy fix. Just hold up a fathead big head at all times and never move from that position again. It's not that bad. Yes, it is. Leaky faucet, fathead mural. Problem solved. No, wait. Now you gotta be asking yourself, Clay, do you have any formal carpentry training? No, I do not. But I'm Clay Matthews, and I'm gonna need you to trust me. Want to install that new home gym and get super ripped? Toss a custom fathead in there and set more realistic goals for yourself. House not insulated properly? Put up a fathead mural of a warm and desirable location. Now it's summertime. In your mind. Cable's out. Replace it with a fathead junior. Now you've got over 600 channels of Clay Matthews. Plus we're going to throw an on-demand. Tiny Clay Matthews, anytime you want to look at him. Got a stubborn carpet stain? Here's an old trick. Grab some club soda, a sea sponge, a fathead standout, and uh... I'm sorry, I forgot where I was going with that, but look at that standout. So lifelike. Need new locks on your doors? You shouldn't. Locks are for people who don't have a custom fathead handy. They deter burglars, cat burglars, burglar cats. The list goes on. Remember, there's no I in home maintenance. And if there is, we can remove it for you. Go to fathead.com today and put together a championship defense for your home. Find thousands of fathead products. Prices starting at $7.99 at fathead.com. Fathead for real. Hey, how about those bears? Fuck the bears. Okay. All right, everybody. We are back here on Blue Cheese Radio, here on PackToTheFuture.com. Uh... After that quick 
fake sponsor break. Um, getting set to talk about Bears and the Packers, Thursday Night Football. Um, it's Bears Week, folks. Uh, it's the oldest rivalry in sports since 1932. Teams are tied in the all-time series, 94 piece, six ties. This will be the tiebreaker. Will the Packers finally get over the hump and win this football game and take that 95th win from the Bears? What do you think, Ty? Well, that's the question of the week, isn't it, Mike? I know what everybody <laughs> wants to say, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think this is the time. I think this is the game that the Packers um, come out after a hard-fought Cincinnati game and get over that hump. Yeah, and I think the big key uh, for the Packers coming out on top in this game uh, is getting these guys back from injury. Uh, Randall Cobb, yeah. David Bakhtiari, Mike Daniels. If we can get these guys back from injury, I, I, I like our chances a lot more, uh, especially with Kyle Murphy going down. Uh, I don't want John or Ulrich John, <laughs> Ulrich John playing tackle. It's weird to say. Game. Yeah. Um, but I think we can start – uh, first and foremost, when you look at the Bears and look at what they do, and they, they're coming off of a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, nobody yeah. saw that one coming. Um, we won an overtime game last week. So did so did the Bears. So we're both coming off of a high right now. We talked about that big boost in confidence. We talked about uh, what that does for a team. Um, both teams coming off of an overtime win uh, at home. Uh, but the Packers will be at home. It'll be at Lambeau Field. So uh, – we got that tilted in our favor. Um, but when you look at what they do, uh, we talked about two re- two completions to wide receivers. Um, so it's, it's, it's really on, it's, it's on the Bears' running game. Can the Packers slow down the Bears' running game? Tariq Cohen, the rookie, who looks like the Bears' number one receiver <laughs> at this point. And, and Jordan yeah. Howard, who's coming back from that shoulder injury he sustained in week two and had a, had a big-time game against the Steelers. Uh, last week, how do you feel the Packers will fare uh, against the Bears' running game with or, or without Mike Daniels? Well, getting Mike Daniels back would be a huge key, of course, to really trying to defend the Bears' running game, which, as we've talked about, they have a very strong running game. Um, right now, you've got you know Jordan Howard averaging 4.4 yards a carry. He's got three touchdowns. Cohen is averaging 6.5 yards a carry. And you know, you've said he's he's pretty well their de facto number one wide receiver with 20 receptions and 126 yards on the season. He leads for the season for them. But uh you know, I'm, the way Martinez has started to play the run. Mhm. And having Josh Jones in the middle there as well, and especially if they you know get Jake Ryan back this week, if they are able to kind of from time to time swap into a more traditional three four base set if they need to, I think that helps a lot because these Bears wide receivers are not that scary, and even if um, we may see the new set that we have not seen yet from this defense, they're um. What did they call it? Sooner set. Yeah. Sooner defense where it's a base 3-4, but instead of the two traditional inside linebackers, you still have the inside linebacker and either Josh Jones or Morgan Burnett. So we could see that debut this week as well. 
Yeah, and the fact that they only completed two completions to wide receivers last week, um, that makes me kind of think that maybe they try to come out and throw the ball around a little bit because the Packers are going to be expecting the run. Um, Maybe. Eh, just something but they to think also about. don't have anyone the caliber of AJ Green or Julio Jones. No, absolutely not. I don't even. I don't think they even have anybody the caliber of Doug Baldwin uh, that we saw in Week One. Yeah. Well, and and here's something I mentioned was interesting uh, that we would get to later in the show. And here we are looking at the league rankings for this team for Green Bay at least. The, and this is the one that jumps out to me. It's interesting. Well, really, two of them in total yards. For the defense, we are eighth in the league. 296.7 yards a game. 18th in scoring, 22.3 points. Uh, Rush yards, we give up 113.7 a game. So, you know, 21st in the league, that'll come up, I think, as the season goes and we start to see more Mike Daniels uh, get healthy again. Passing yards. 183 passing yards a game given up. Seventh in the league. Somehow. I think a lot of that comes from week one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be my guess. But, you know, the, and you know, it's a small sample size. It's three weeks. Yeah. Usually you don't take, <clears throat> you take those stats with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, right around the week four, five or six mark. That's when you can kind of really get a grasp on what what a team is. Uh, looking at the stats. Um, <clears throat> but I feel good about the Packers' defense going up against the Bears' offense. The running game's really the only thing that really scares me. Mike Glennon, meh, he's a game manager at best. Like I said, I think I think yeah. we may see the Packers' first interception in this game. Uh, well, here's a, here's a key thing, too, is Josh Sitton has been listed as a limited participant both Monday and Tuesday in practice. Yeah, I think he was inactive last week uh, against the Steelers, too. So there's a rib injury yeah. there. He's getting older. Um, they've got a... I don't know. Is, are either of these starting linemen for the Bears Tom Compton or Ronis Grassu? I don't know. I don't know either of those guys. I don't know who the Bears have on their line anymore except for Josh Sitton. Um. Well, I know they got because they they got the long kid on the report. They got Kyle Long. Yeah, I know he's still which there. he's he's been up and down for them quite a bit. Um, that's really it on offense. Their two defensive injuries they've got listed are uh, Nick Kwiatkowski at linebacker and Quentin Demps did not practice. Neither of those guys practiced either Monday or Tuesday. Hmm. So, they're not quite in the injury trouble that we are, I guess. But, still, I I like their defense. I've been saying it since since the offseason. I think the Bears' defense is very underrated. I like... uh, Yeah. I like Leonard Floyd quite a bit. I don't know what he's been up to this year so far. But they got some good pass rushers. They got Pernell McPhee, still, I believe. Lamar Houston. Leonard Floyd. Um... Their front seven's uh, formidable, and especially if our offensive line isn't at 100%, that could be another, you know, that could be another, another tough outing for Aaron Rodgers, trying to stay upright. We go yeah. six sacks to the Bengals. Uh, I think this Bears front seven is just as good, if not better, 
than that Bengals front seven. How do you feel going into this game? Um, let's let's say hypothetically, David Bakhtiari isn't ready to go yet. He's still gonna he still needs that extra extra week. Um, without Bakhtiari and some of the other injury concerns with Balaga still nursing his injury and uh, Lane Taylor, like you said. Um, do you think that could be the big key? Because if, if Aaron Rodgers has time and this offensive line is healthy and going, uh, I feel good with this Packers offense going up against anybody. But, you know, with the injury concerns, mm, how, how, are you, how are you feeling on that? I think if Bakhtiari doesn't go and Balaga goes, I think this is the point where you have to switch Balaga over to left tackle. You'd have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that he wasn't the left tackle against Cincinnati. They had a lot of faith in Kyle Murphy, and I think it was... I don't want to say it was misplaced, because I think he played well for what he is at this point, but... I think it was... You know, McCarthy McCarthy talked like there was a very good shot of anybody who is a limited participant today playing in this game. So it would not shock me to see the offensive line be back to, I'm not going to say full strength because, you know, it's a short week and whatnot and guys are coming Mm -hmm. back. But I think even if our offensive line with Bakhtiari and Balaga back in the game at 80% is enough for Aaron Rodgers to get even a shred of the time that he needs to open this game up. Yeah, what what about the effect on Ty Montgomery though, and the running game? That's a big. Well, question. I mean, as you said, this Bears defense is underrated. I think they're ascending. I think <clears throat> this being a short week and Montgomery dealing with the wrist is where we start to see more of Jamal Williams. I think. It's I don't think possible. it's going to be a, a down the middle split, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of a healthy split between the two. I think Williams is going to get more than the customary two or three attempts than we've seen him get. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, you know, um, especially with the injury to Ty Montgomery. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a short week. Like you said, I think if, we, if this game was on Sunday, I think Ty Montgomery would probably be more suited and ready to go. So we'll probably see a little bit more of Jamal Williams. Hell, we may see a little bit more of uh, one of the other rookies even. In this we game. may see Randall Cobb in the backfield. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> you never know. I'm not a fan of that. That just never has worked. I mean, now he's had his moments where he's had some effective runs out of the backfield, but he also had that reverse this year for 10 yards. So, and this offense, they're not afraid to start getting creative. I mean, hell, we saw a flea flicker yeah, yeah. on Sunday. I'm waiting, for Randall, so, I'm waiting for the Randall Cobb touchdown pass. That's got to come eventually. Oh, I think it could happen. I think it could happen. I think it could happen sooner rather than later. Uh, honestly, because old lefty out there, you give Randall Cobb the sweep coming coming around the. I think everybody's going to tackle him because they've never done it. It's it's never been on film. Yeah, I mean, why would you have Randall Cobb throw the ball when you got Aaron Rodgers? But I think it would it would be an interesting wrinkle. I don't know if this is the game to bring that out in, but I, I'm waiting for that. I'm because I, I think it's coming. That's the thing. We know Randall Cobb's fully capable. Yeah. of doing it. Yeah, he did it in college. So. Um, oh yeah, I think he did it in the SEC. So that that says plenty right there. Yeah, I, I think 
I don't know. I don't know if we'll see it this year, but I think we'll see it eventually. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I like the Bears front seven quite a bit. Uh, it gives me pause. But the secondary, and we talked about this a couple of weeks back, I can't name you off the top of my head one member of the Bears secondary. Um, I can. I can. <laughs> Please. Kyle Fuller. That's who I was trying to think of uh, last week. He was a a high draft pick for them, I think a year, uh, two years ago maybe. Yeah, but isn't he? Hasn't he been like? Is he? I don't know. Has he been holding up? Because I feel like I remember hearing people talking about how him him possibly being a bust or. Uh, he's he's up and down, I guess, but I just know the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the name now that you say it. I, I know who you're talking about. But outside of him, I... I yeah. Yeah, nobody. Well, I mean, they've got Quentin Dimps, but like I said, he may not play. He hasn't practiced for the last two days. Yeah. He's been a DNP. They do have one of our old Kentucky boys there, Danny Trevathan, who came over from Denver. Yeah, that's but he has not quite been the linebacker with the Bears that he was with the Broncos either. Yeah, that's true. They got him and uh, who's the uh, what's the other middle linebacker? They brought in Trevathan and um, um, Trevathan and Jarrell Freeman he, from the from the Colts. Yeah, who is a yeah. really good run defender. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think. I actually think our middle linebacker situation is better than theirs, though. I'm willing to say that. I think with the development of Martinez, especially, um, I think we might have a better situation than they do at middle linebacker. Well, speaking of middle linebackers, will we see any uh, any logos coming off of helmets in this game with uh, Joe Thomas? <laughs> God, <laughs> I hope last so. Year. I hope so, too. I think I hope anytime we play the Bears, I want to see uh, – I want to see uh, – that logo go flying. Uh, that should just be Joe Thomas's one goal every year they play the Bears is to knock that knock Send that logo C off flying. the helmet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. Looking at this game, uh, it's it's a division game. It's uh, our the first divisional game of the year for the Packers. Uh, it's at home. It's another Thursday night football. Are we going to see the the color rush again this year? The Packers going with the all white again. That would be it. They've even already updated their uh, team photo on Facebook to uh, the green, the green outlined G with all white. Hmm. We'll see those white pants come back. I'm sure the Bears will probably wear their normal navy jerseys with their color rush navy pants. Hmm. These are just the two teams in the league that said, "Screw it, we're not making another jersey." <laughs> The Packers are like, well, all right, we'll 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 wear white pants, but that, that's it. We're we're not going with flashy green or flashy uh, yellow. We're not doing anything like that. Yeah, I mean, the Bears did the same thing. They said we're not doing this all orange. We're going to come out in our navy jerseys and just wear our alternate navy pants, and you'll just live with it. Well, two teams as old as the Bears and Packers are with such, you know, their jerseys are their identities. Exactly, you know, so you can't do too much to it, but. Um, so it's pretty much going to be a replay of the game last year, uh, which the Packers came back. They struggled in the first half, came back again in the second half. 
Um, and that seems to be their M.O. this year. <laughs> they seem to come out sluggish in the first half and then make the adjustments at halftime and, and come out and do something. And that's the thing. Like, going back to the Atlanta game, and Vince Lombardi said it best after... Um, I think it was after the one championship game they lost. The Packers didn't get beat that day. They just ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what happened with Atlanta. I, I feel like they just ran out of time in that second half. I don't know. I I, I see what you're saying, but I kind of feel like the Falcons kind of took the, the foot off the pedal a little bit in the second half, too. They were up by so well, much. Yeah, but that also lost them the Super Bowl and almost lost in the game against the Packers. So. That's true, too. That's true, too. But I don't know. I think the Packers will be fine in this game. Uh, if they get some guys back from injury, I feel like – I don't know. My, my my biggest concerns are those running backs for the Bears. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I feel like this is a winnable game for the Packers. We talked talked about them being the basement Bears and whatnot. They're a better team than they were last year, but I still don't think they're they're good enough to beat the Packers. I think the Vikings are good enough to beat the Packers. I feel like the Lions are good enough to beat the Packers. I don't feel like the Bears are quite there yet. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 with you there. I think like a lot of games this season for this team it's going to come down to time of possession yeah and i feel like if the offense can play more of that um a little bit more of that methodical game that they've played and we've seen this season where they march down the field and dinks and dunks and then take a chunk play when it's there uh you know i think that's going to be a key here and the free play we can't talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore without talking about the free play. <laughs> this is a, a pretty fierce pass rush. They're going to be trying to tee off, especially if we're without either Bakhtiari or Balaga. So I could see Aaron Rodgers getting no less than two in this game, getting guys to jump, trying to tee off on him. We should be taking bets on that every week. How many free plays is Aaron God, Rodgers? I know, right? <laughs> we should. That should just you know be a. Another segment of the show, along with stat lines, like how many free plays will Aaron Rodgers get this week? I mean, it's a weekly thing, and it's it's like, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers said it best himself. He's the master of the free play. They know better, you know. So yeah, especially they at home, better. no crowd noise to contend with. Oh yeah, uh, but you know the Bears are going to be ready for that. Uh, I think every team comes in thinking they're prepared for that, but you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, yeah. What about what about playing on a short week? Uh, you know, their Thursday night football uh, always has the <clears throat> the stigma that the games suck and that the 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 game plans aren't you know quite as uh, well laid out and the players aren't quite as crisp as they are if they were playing on a Sunday. Does that give the Bears well, any kind of an edge? Does it bring them down a little bit more to an equal level? Because you don't really know what to expect on a Thursday night game. You go from you look at the Thursday night game with the Texans and the Bengals. It was just like an ugly thirteen garbage. garbage game. And then last week you had the Rams and the Niners just light up the scoreboard. So what yeah. are you expecting on a short um, week? Could that be the well, ultimate these equalizer? These are two teams that are extremely familiar with each other. Oh yeah. So I don't think that I don't think this is one of those games where you look too deep into the game planning because they know each other so well. And even going to the coaches, this team knows Vic Fangio and his defenses very well. 
they've played them a lot with the 49ers. We've seen a lot of Vic Fangio's defenses, and granted, in the past, they have caused Aaron Rodgers and this offense some problems. Oh, yeah. But I, I do still think this could be another kind of getting over the hump game for Aaron Rodgers, just like it was with beating Cincinnati and getting an overtime win. I think he may come in and, you know, he, he may have a shot to do some damage to this, this Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, that's another good point, too, that we didn't bring up, the Vic Fangio effect. Not the laser effect, but the Fangio effect. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be about these effects all season long now. I'm in full effect this year. Um, God. But, you know, Vic Fangio... Has has a very impressive history going up against Aaron Rodgers in the offense, especially with Fortnite. Of course, he had yeah. better players in San Francisco. You know, that's the ultimate, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, but, uh, you know, he, he, he has – he does game plan well for Aaron Rodgers. He does play Aaron Rodgers fairly well. And let's not forget, as bad as the Bears were last year, uh, both games the Bears had every opportunity to beat the Packers. Oh, yeah, they played Green Bay well yeah, last year. so I think I, – it's just it's a divisional game. Yeah, it's the oldest rivalry in football. Uh, so I don't. Did, did, did the does the Bears Packers? We talked about this, you know, a few months back. But does this rivalry hold as much water uh, as it used to? Because the Bears have just been so bad over the past few years. Or I think it's starting to, especially considering the the last two times the Bears have beat the Packers have been on some kind of you know big night. Yeah spoiling things. That's true. And and the Bears have been very close. And last year both games were very winnable for the Bears. I think and we're starting to see more players that are on these teams that know each other and have played each other multiple times. Um so that you can kind of develop that bad blood there, you know, like this guy tried to poke my eye out last time. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. And I think we may start to see a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that vitriol return to this rivalry. A little bit more vinegar in the water here than what we've seen in the past few years. Well, you brought it up. Uh, I feel much better about this game than I have the past few years because Brett Favre's not going to be in attendance. So, exactly. <laughs> and alumni week was this past week where they had the alumni in there on Sunday against the Bengals. Yeah, so we're in the clear. There's no- <laughs> nothing to spoil tonight uh, on Thursday night. Tonight, yeah. <laughs> Let's keep the movie magic real, Ty. It's oh tonight. yeah, tonight. Um, so yeah, I feel pretty confident in this game. I think the Packers are. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to just going to roll over the Bears. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a competitive no. game. I think it'll be a tough game. But I think the Packers will come out on top in the end. Uh, I just don't think the Bears are quite there yet, but. You know, if they can't corral those running backs and uh, you know, and protect Aaron Rodgers, those are those are the two. I big mean, they're keys. not going to kill us through the air. That's all there is to it. If they're going to try to kill us, it's going to be on the ground. Yeah, and, and even that, I don't know if uh, if they would be able to keep up with Aaron, especially if Aaron Rodgers can stay upright. Uh, like their secondary doesn't. I like our wide receivers and tight ends against their secondary because I don't know who their secondary is. Um, <laughs> and maybe, they'll, maybe they'll let me know in this game and I'll have to come back and eat, eat, eat a little bit of crow uh, on the next episode. But. Well, that's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is going to have his full complement of receivers this time. Yeah. 
We've got Cobb, we've got Adams, we've got Jordy Nelson. There's obviously a lot more confidence being thrown uh, towards Geronimo Allison now. So it would not surprise me at all to see a lot of shotgun in this game, even with some possible four receiver sets, with some quick strike passes and an up-tempo passing game. Well, God, it seems like we, we say that every week, <laughs> that that should be the game I, they're going I know, in, but, but it doesn't that's... seem to be what the Packers want to do. They always come out and they're... They... I know. And then in the second half, it's like Aaron Rodgers takes the keys away from Mike McCarthy and says, I'm doing this, and that's when they start to light it up. Yeah, I mean, that's how they beat the Bears last year on Thursday night. They were they were doing too much, yeah. and the Rodgers kept getting sacked. He had the fumble, covered for a touchdown. And it seems like after that, they went to that quick strike uh, quick strike uh, passing attack, and that's when they came back and played and, and won the game. Hopefully, That's what happened in the second half of Week 1 versus Seattle. That's what happened in the second half this past Sunday against the Bengals. I think it started to happen against the Falcons, just a little too late. Mm-hmm. And I just... As much as Mike McCarthy really wants to play ball control sometimes and things like that, I just still feel like Aaron Rodgers is at his best when he's able to run with an up-tempo passing game and even hit these short slants and drags and things like that and his receivers create for themselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and our guys can do it with Cobb. We've seen it with Kyle. We've seen it with Adams. We've saw it with Allison last week. Uh, this we know Jordy can. Yeah, Jordy can. Um, um, and you even you even well, brought up God, the stat. Uh, Lance Kendricks can. <laughs> yeah, you even brought up the stat last week um, that the Packers, Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb, are both in the top ten in terms of yards after the catch. This is the Akers, folks. Uh, yeah, the quick strike. I mean, we, not the return every, of the Yakers. Not everything has to be a, a deep route. You know, it's it's, and it seems like they just keep going back to that for the first half, and when it doesn't work, then it's like, eh, we'll go back to. Oh, we we just, we just don't have that deep speed on this team right now, and they don't trust Trevor Davis with that. God knows they don't trust Jeff Janice with that, <laughs> and 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 you know, when they run these isolation routes, like they still try to do sometimes. It's where you see that our receivers just don't get a lot of separation on their own. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, the the whole receivers not getting separation thing. I, I, I don't. I, I I'm starting to buy into that less and less. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is just the guy who's really, as he has always been throughout his entire career, and. You, He's picky about spots. He's very spots. picky. If you're not wide open, he's not going to throw it to you. He's not going to take too many chances. You know, sometimes you just yeah, got to take a chance. But well, yeah. He's definitely not the gunslinger as far as that goes, which is oftentimes much more of a good thing than a bad thing. Yeah, but it does get frustrating at times. You know, yeah, it can be. And, you know, some of the sacks. Some of the sacks are not always on the O-line. Sometimes Rodgers just still holds the ball too long. That's something he's done his whole career and will continue to do. But that's, <laughs> I, I think just, he even realized that, and that's how he became such a good passer uh, outside of the pocket and creating time yeah. in the pocket and stuff like that. He just adapted to his own thing, so I, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. 
game coming up tonight, for those listening, first thing in the morning on Thursday, which everybody should be. Uh, this is must-listen-to material on PackToTheFuture.com. Uh, but right now, let's get to the main event. What you all came for, it's time for stat lines. Bears and Packers, Thursday Night Football, tiebreaker in the all-time series. Stat lines coming up, coming at you. Who's going to have the big performance? Who's going to stand out? Who's going to make the big plays? Me and Ty are about to let you know right now. Ty, I'm going to let you go first this week. Uh, I'm going to. I'm still contemplating uh, my final stat line on one of them. Uh, let me let me see what you got for me this week, and uh, I'll give you mine uh, after yours. Alrighty, Mike. I'm going to go back to the well with Aaron Rodgers again. I've done pretty good. He's treated me good so yeah, far. Good stuff I think last he's going to have a good game. Uh. You know, I think he's still gonna he's gonna remain pretty efficient as as he does. He's gonna finish this game twenty seven of forty for three hundred and sixteen yards and three touchdown passes. Not bad. I'll take that. Then I uh gonna stay with the offense here and I'm going to Devontae Adams. I'm not sure that I've ever done Devontae Adams on stat lines before. But if I haven't, there's first time for everything. I like the kid. I like what he's doing this year. Um, I think Adams is going to finish this game heavily targeted with seven receptions, breaking that 100-yard barrier for 102 yards through the air and a touchdown. Not bad. I don't know if you've ever done Devontae Adams either. Um, I, I don't think I have. I think I might have last year at some point, but this is definitely the first time uh, we've mentioned his name on stat lines this year, but I think he's due for a big game like this, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, after the game against the Falcons where he came out and showed what he could do, and he had had the big reception off the flea flicker Mm -hmm. in the game against the Bengals, and uh, he's just such a a hard-nosed dude. He's hard to bring down. Yeah. Yeah, I love what he's developed uh, into. Gotta go to the defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I gotta go to the defense here, get after it. I think the club comes back. We're going clubbing. Going with <laughs> Nick Perry. I think Perry finishes this game with four total tackles and one sack. All right, coming back. We're petting the club on Thursday night tonight, folks. Nick Perry. We're going clubbing tonight. Who goes clubbing on a Thursday night? Nick Perry. That's Nick who. Perry. <laughs> so you got Aaron Rodgers, 27 of 40, 316 yards, three touchdowns. Not a bad day for Aaron Rodgers, I would say. Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 102 yards, one touchdown. And Nick Perry going club in four total tackles, one sack uh, against the Bears. Um, those are Ty's stat lines for week four. Uh, my stat lines start off and, and go as this. You see a big game for Devontae Adams. I see another big game for Jordy Nelson. Uh, I'm going right. with Jordy Nelson. Seven receptions, 91 yards, one touchdown. Uh, for number 87, the go-to target I'll take for Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, hey, I'll tell you what. If, if if both of our stat lines are even remotely close on Nelson and Adams, Good uh, I say we've won this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like both of those. Uh, I'm going to the defense here for my second stat line. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. He has struggled so far 
in the 2017 campaign. Not sure why, but I do think he's due for a bounce-back performance. I think this whole defense, this whole secondary, is due for an interception. So I'm taking HaHa Clinton Dix. Five total tackles, and he will receive. He'll be on the receiving end of the Packers' first interception of 2017. So five total tackles, one interception for the funny man himself, HaHa Clinton Dix. I hope so. (laughs) And for my third stat line, for the first time this year, I'm going over to the Bears. I'm looking at their rookie running back, Tariq Cohen. Seven receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown for Tariq Cohen. I like him. I think he's he's just a, he's a little Swiss Army knife. He can do he can do everything. Oh, he's, he's a, he's a very him. talented player. So I think he's going to be the Bears' uh, number one threat uh, against our defense. So I see him seven receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Jordy Nelson seven receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. And Haha Clinton Dix five total tackles, one interception. Those are your stat lines for Week Four: Bears at the Packers. Coming up on Thursday Night Football, um, I feel good. I, I feel good about this game. I'm not. Yeah. yeah I was I nervous about that Bengals game, and as the game started and was going on, I was like, "Yeah, I saw this. I saw this coming. <laughs> the big letdown game." I was just so worried. I was more worried that I was going to have to hear about the laser effect for the rest of the season. Than I even was about to lose that game. Well, lucky for you, lucky for you, the laser effect is no longer in effect. We will. Uh, <laughs> Dom Capers officially shut down the laser effect uh, last week uh, with the halftime adjustments. So you're lucky. No more laser effect talk. But uh, but man, if the Bears beat the Packers, we may have to start talking about the Fangio effect. Yeah, we we may. It, the Fangio effect may start looking like the uh, the Mike Zimmer effect has in the past. Well, yeah, I hope well let's hope that's not the case. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. Um, game coming up tonight, and uh, we'll probably be back uh, next week, early next week, to get you ready for uh, get you ready for Week Five. Uh, but until then, Pack to the Future has been humming. Uh, new stuff every yes, day. Sir. It seems like you get a new podcast every day, a new article. Uh, you get an article breaking down plays. You get articles breaking down players. It's one thing after another, just nonstop goodness on PackToTheFuture.com. Uh, not only even video breakdowns. Yeah, even video breakdowns. Anything and everything you need. If you're a Packers fan, PackToTheFuture.com. I, I think it's even better than the official Packers site at this point. I'll go to the Packers si- official site and I'll be like. Ah, same old, same old. Uh, if you want to shake it up and really uh, try something new, packtothefuture.com, uh, hell of a site, hell of a site. Um, follow us on Twitter, at Blue Cheese Radio, at Radiation Mike, at Titletown Tie. Send us your questions, your comments. Follow us as we live tweet through the games. We'll be live tweeting. Uh, tie maybe. i got to work. So I'm, I'll, be, I'll be watching the game a little late on Thursday night. That's the thing about Thursday night games. Is well, I'll be at work, but uh, you know I'm, I'm kind of counting on one of my coworkers to bring in his little <laughs> portable hotspot so I can pull out that NFL on Verizon app and keep this <laughs> and game and get rolling. absolutely nothing done at work. That's the way to go. Most <laughs> That's likely the way you do it. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Twitter, folks. Uh, at Blue Cheese Radio, radiation at Radiation Mike at Tattletown Tie. You can follow us on Facebook. 
Facebook.com slash Blue Cheese Radio. Uh, when the show drops, you'll find that on Facebook first. And, uh, of course, you'll really find out first if you subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and leave us a five-star review. All you got to do is subscribe. The show will be downloaded directly to your phone as soon as it drops. Uh, so you'll never miss an episode. And, of course, Blue Cheese Mailbag, always open at askbluecheese at gmail.com. Send us your questions, and uh, we'll answer them on the show. Uh, whenever we get around to uh, to fan questions, which we haven't done in quite a while, we'll have to put out the put out a tweet for some fan questions, possibly next week. Oh yeah, Frazier's been keeping us stocked up, oh, but F- Frazier's nonstop. <laughs> Every Monday, <laughs> Frazier is Monday. Frazier is Monday. Um, but that's gonna yeah. do it for us. Ty, anything left you want to say before the game tonight and uh, uh, moving forward? Um. You know, I think we about got everything covered up, Mike. I'm, I'm excited for a little, little redemption of the club from Nick Perry going clubbing on Thursday night. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Uh, I'm excited. Nothing wrong going clubbing on Thursday night, folks. Uh, just saying, just saying. Uh, but that'll be it for us. Until next week, I'm Mike, and I'm Ty. And there is your dagger. And no, 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 no. Here's how it's done. And there is your dagger!